Thank you for downloading this sermon brought to you by the preaching ministry of Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, Nevada, Dr. David Tice. For more sermons in both audio and video format, we encourage you to visit experienceliberty.com. Also, for a word of encouragement, insight, and biblical inspiration, follow Pastor David Tice's blog at davidtice.com. So without further ado, let's open our hearts to the Word of God. There's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. I was, uh, I drove home, I, I was about 35 years old, and um, I, I drove home. When I was a kid, I used to go skateboarding all the time. I, I was on skateboards all the time, and uh, we had different types of skateboards back then. We had metal wheels, and uh, you'd hit a rock and fall over. It was, uh, but I, I used to love to skateboard. I went home, I was about 35, maybe 40 years old. I drove up to my to my uh, driveway, and as I drove up, the kids next door had built a skateboard ramp. Now, I'd never been on a skateboard ramp before, but I thought, this would be cool. I'm going to watch them, and I, I watched them as I drove up to that skateboard, or to that uh, driveway, and they were just, get, they get up on top of that thing, and they would just go right down. It was, it, it was amazing. I watched them, and I thought, man, I could do that. I th- in fact, I said, Anna, I'd like to do that. She said, David, don't do that. I said, I said honey, I've, I've ridden skateboards all my life. I know how to ride a skateboard. She said, honey, you're old. I said, I am not old. And uh, I, can, I, I can do that. I know how to ride a skateboard. She said, you ride on flat ground. I said, listen, I'm watch what they're doing. So I, I went over. Kid's name was Kenny. I said, Kenny, I said, uh, show me how you do that. He said, well, you get on top of this thing. The ramp was about four feet high. You get on top of the thing, and, uh, and then you stand on this platform, and then you just tip over. Now, you've got to pull your legs down like this, and you've got you to keep your feet right. Well, I knew how to keep my feet on a skateboard. And uh, he said, you get up here, and then he said, and then you just bend, and then you pull your, you just, you just lean into it and lean on your front feet, and it'll go right down, and the skateboard will go right down, and, and you'll be great. I said, I said, well, let me watch you do it a couple, of, he did a couple of times, my wife is saying, please come in, and my kids are saying, do it, dad, do it, dad, do it, dad. And uh, so I, 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 I watched, and I thought, okay, I can do this. Well, I, I, I got up there, I was convinced I could do it, until I got up there. Four feet is a long way off the ground. Four feet was huge. I, I mean, it didn't look that ba- bad from up there. I got up there, and I'm, I'm looking. Now, you know, there's a point at which you're committed where you have to do this because you're not going to crawl back down and really look like an idiot, but you're still going to look like an idiot one way or the other. So I'm up there, and I, I get down. I, 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 I looked exactly. I said, like this, and he said, yeah, and I'm, so I'm watching him, and I, I said, okay, so I just got to do this, and so I, I went I bent over and then I leaned into it just like I was supposed to, and and then something strange happened. The, the 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 skateboard did exactly what it was supposed to do. It went right down like this. Except I didn't do what I was supposed to do. My feet went up like this, and I landed on my back, and I just laid there. I knocked the wind out of me. And the kids came running over. Mom left. The kids came running over, and they looked at me, and I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> and the kids are saying, <laughs> that's the funniest thing we've ever seen in our life. I was, I'm dying. Uh, see, there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. And I did it absolutely the wrong way. Jesus is going to talk about three major things today. We're going to, uh, our topic is live, lean, and learn. Jesus is going to talk about three things, very important, things that he was involved in himself. He's going to talk about giving. Uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus was a giver, and I, gi- and I give unto them eternal life. God, Jesus is a giver, and he wants us to be gi- uh, givers. Uh, he... he Uh, Jesus was somebody who prayed. The Bible says he withdrew himself into the wilderness and he prayed. Jesus was someone who prayed consistently and continually. And number three, Jesus was somebody who fasted. The Bible teaches us that he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. But I want you to understand, and he wants us to understand, there is a right way, there's a right way to give and a wrong way to give. There's a right way to pray, and there's a wrong way to pray. There is a, a, a right way 
to fast, and there's a wrong way to fast. When the Pharisees gave, they did it this way. They said they had a trumpet blow before them, and they walked in. They would put a, a, they would put a pot at, at the front of the altar, and they would march in, and they would each try to impress everybody with what they were giving, and they would drop their coins in, or they would drop their money in, and they would walk on, and the trumpet would sound as they, as they dropped in the money. And that went on and on and on. Jesus told us the story of the, the, the lady who came at, during that procession one time and dropped in two mites. And she, he was watching. He said to his disciples, that lady's put in more than all of them because she's given out of her poverty. She's given out of her need. And, and she was giving because she genuinely wanted to give to God. A big difference. There's a right way to give and a wrong way to give. Then Jesus talks about praying. When they prayed, they stood and said, Oh, thou God of gods and King of kings and Lord of lords, we thank you that we're not like the rest of these wicked people around here. We thank you that we are so holy and we're so good and, and, you're, so, and, you, and you're so gracious to have made us as good as we are. Jesus said, don't pray. He'll tell us that this, this evening. Don't pray like that. Don't pray that way. And then when they fasted, fasting very simply is going without food. And so when they fasted, they let everybody know they were fasting. They were, oh, brother, I can't, can we, I, I can't come over today because I'm fasting for God. I'm doing it. How long have you been fasting? For at least two hours. It's been tough. They, they, they fasted, they gave, they prayed, and it was all to be recognized by man. And Jesus, as he's continuing to teach us how to be salt and light, he's, he teaches us very simply, hey, don't do it the way they do it. Here's how to give. Here's how to, fa to fast. Here's how to pray. And so we're going to look at what he says in Matthew chapter 6. Father, help me to teach your, 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 your children. Father, help us to learn from this truth so that we might be more of a reflection of you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 1 of chapter 6 Jesus begins to talk about giving, and he teaches us to live to give, that our whole life should be based around giving, but not for the show of man. He says, take heed that you do not your alms. The word alms means giving to the poor, giving to the needs. It's like saying give to missions, give to, to meet other people's needs. When you, when you, do your, when you give, don't do it before men to be seen of men. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Now, he doesn't mean that, you, that you, you've got to be very, you've got to work really hard to be secretive. He's just saying don't do it so that men will see what you give. He says, therefore, when thou doest thine alms, interesting, he'll say the same thing about praying, when you, fa when you pray. He says the same thing about fasting, when you fast. So he, the indication is he knows that we're going to and he expects us that we will. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee uh, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets that they may have the glory of men. Fairly I say unto you, they have the reward. There is a reward for giving, but they've got the reward. They wanted to be seen of men. They wanted to be lifted up of men. When I was a kid, they used to have the, the uh, MDA Labor Day Mel uh, Telethon. Do you remember that? Uh, Jerry Lewis. And how do many remember that? Every year uh, at Labor Day, they would have this telethon, and people would come. These million-dollar corporations would come, and they would have a representative give Jerry a $5,000 uh, uh, check and they, everybody say oh, oh that's so wonderful and all to be seen of men also that they would get some public recognition of that he said don't do that don't do don't give so that others will look at you 
but when thou doest alms, he says in verse 3, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. I never read that without thinking about the lady who sent a gift to uh, Thomas Road Baptist Church. When we were going to school uh, there, there was a, a late, there, there, there was a, they had a television ministry, and people would send in gifts to the television ministry uh, week after week, and the students would, would, um, would be taking the money out of the envelopes and putting the envelopes on one side and putting the money on the other side. Students did that. One lady sent in an envelope, and the outside of the envelope said $20. But when you opened the envelope, there was only $10 in the envelope. And there was a note inside saying, uh, uh, forgive the difference between what's on the envelope and what's in the, in the, on the check. Uh, I wrote the check with my right hand, and I wrote the envelope with my left hand because I didn't want my right hand to know what my left hand was doing. We always wondered why, why, why didn't it say $10 on the outside and $20 on the inside, but uh, that's judging her motives. Anyway, um, the, uh, the, uh, Jesus isn't saying literally you have to do that. He's just saying you need not to be doing it to be seen of man. And it, 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 he goes on and says, uh, that thine alms may be see in secret and that thy father which seeth in secret will reward thee openly. Well, God wants us to give, and God wants us to give with a cheerful heart, and God wants us to, to care about others. In fact, the ministry of Liberty Baptist Church and the ministries of churches across this country and the ministries, uh, the ministries in general would not be operating if it wasn't for the giving of God's people. God wants us to be involved in giving, and he, again, he says, when you give, expecting us to give, he says don't do it to impress men. What we need to do is do it to impress God. And God, and the Bible tells us very clearly, Jesus tells us in another place in, in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, he tells us this, if you give, it will be given unto you. If you give in the right way, it shall be given unto you. The idea very simply is this in giving, and this, li this, this is a, a life-changing verse for me. I was in college, and I, there was a, a Nazarene preacher that came to preach to us in his Baptist college, and he preached to us this message. He said, this, this passage says, give. It doesn't say if you have money to give. He said, it, it's not saying give a whole abundance. It says just give. You don't give, and God gives a promise. Jesus is, by the way, the one speaking this truth. He says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. If I give to God, if I give to meet the needs of others, if I give to missions, if I give to the ministry, if I give to help someone, then what's going to happen is my life will begin to develop a, 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 a ministry, a life of giving. And as I give, God will see that men give back to me. <clears throat> that it'll be much more that I receive than what I give. God never owes anyone anything. You give, and God will see to it that other people give back to you. We have seen this multiplied over and over and over in our life. God has blessed us in so many ways. I've told you this before, that when we came to Las Vegas, we, we had $14. The day we started Liberty Baptist Church, we had $14 in our bank account. And, and we had just given everything we could to get this ministry started. And God has, from that day to this day, supplied us in so much abundance that my wife and I have been able, to, and, and I don't say this to be seen of men, but just to let you know as a personal testimony, we have been able to give hundreds of thousands of dollars to missionaries. We've been, we've, God has blessed us in so many ways. By the way, let me say this. God doesn't give back to us, reward us, so that we can keep what he rewards us with. See, the idea is God wants us to be an open funnel of his blessings. God wants us to, to be a channel of his blessings, like a, like a pipe through which he pours his blessings to others. As we give, God pours, it, it sort of unclogs the pipe. It's like turning open the valve. We give 
we give, then God puts more in and, and more comes out and more goes in and more goes out. And the idea is God wants to use us and he wants to take his blessings and give them to other people through our lives. And the more we give, the more he gives us so that we can give more. It's not give so you can get and you can keep and get all you can and can all you get and sit on the can. That's not the idea. It's God wants you to get Get from him. He wants you to give so that he can give you more, so you can give more, so you can get more, so he can give more. And God wants you to be a channel of his blessings. So, so, so when he, sa- he says, give, give, and it shall be given unto you so that you can give more. The Bible tells us this, that God wants us to give cheerfully, every man according as he purposes in his heart. How much should I give? Every man according as he purposes in his heart. So let him give not grudgingly. We had a missions conference one day, or one year, when our church first started having missions conference, first started having Faith Promise missions. Uh, a man came in. I asked everybody to fill out a Faith Promise card, and, uh, and uh, so the weeks uh, had gone by. We, we waited for two or three weeks, and then I mentioned it one more time. A guy comes into my office with a card, and he said, here, here's my card. Here's what I'm going to give. So now, does that satisfy you? And I thought, no. No, God doesn't want you to grudgingly give. God wants you to have a heart that says, I can't wait to see how God's going to bless me as I'm giving. Somebody said to me, hey, is it right to give to get? And I thought, well, Jesus, Jesus said do it that way. Give expecting a blessing from God. It's an act of faith, trusting God to take care of your needs. Uh, Listen, do what God wants you to do. God wants us to give. He doesn't want us to give so we can be recognized by other people as a giver. But God wants us to understand that, listen, if we're going to reflect the kingdom, we, our king is a giver. Our king gave himself. God, Jesus gives us life. Jesus gives us everything. Jesus said to his disciples, freely you have received, freely give. So if I want to be salt, if I want to be light, Jesus is telling this group, and remember, he's speaking to this group that's going to go out and represent him in all of Israel. He's saying, listen, when you go, you be a giver. Don't be a taker. Be a giver. Give, and it shall be given unto you. So the first thing we learn is that we need to live to give. The second thing, and and, and we need to do it right. The second thing we need to learn to do right is we need to lean on God in prayer. He begins to talk about prayer. This is uh, just such a powerful passage. Listen to what he says. In verse 5 it says, And when you pray, when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites. Don't be as the phonies. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogue and in the corner of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. They're doing this just to be seen of men. They're not going to get their prayers answered. They're not even praying correctly. They, 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 got, they have the reward. They have the reward. Everybody's looking at them and saying, oh, holy. Look at that holy man. Look at that man. But when thou prayest, notice this. He says when, not if you pray, but when you pray. Enter into thy closet. He tells us where to pray. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. You're going to have rewards for your prayers. What's the reward you're going to get from your prayers? You're going to get an answer to the prayers. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. They think if they just keep on talking and talking and say the same thing over and over and over and over, that they're going to be heard. But ye, but be not ye therefore like unto them. Now listen to this. For your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. Jesus wants you to understand that prayer is asking, and when you go to God, you ask him. You don't have to spend hours in prayer. You very simply need to ask him for the things that you need. 
Ask him. He knows what you need, but he wants you to ask him because it brings glory to him in the spiritual realm. After this manner, he says, therefore, pray you. Pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done as in earth, as in heaven, done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now let's look at this in detail. First of all, God, Jesus is teaching us here that you need to have a pattern of prayer. He tells us, he says, first of all, when you pray. The question that, of, that I would ask this morning is, when do you pray? You say, well, I pray all the time. But he's asking for a specific time. He's saying, when you pray, there should be a time in your life. And yes, we should pray. We should be instant, the Bible says, in prayer. That means if I have a, if I have a need or if I see somebody that has a need, when they tell me about that need, I should pray for that immediately. I should be instant in prayer. I should be praying all the time. But beyond that, there should be a time that you get alone with God every day and you pray. I I have a practice of prayer. I have a a pattern of prayer in my life. Every day uh, in the morning, uh, I spend time. I found out years ago that I'm not going to have time from about 8 o'clock on till about 9 o'clock at night. People are going to demand. I'm going to have demands on my life as a pastor. People are going to want me, and I'm going to have to be with people. I'm going to be with people. So if I'm going to spend time with prayer, my when is going to be early in the morning. In the morning, this is what I do every morning. In the morning, every morning, I get down on my knees because this is worship, and I put my face to the ground. I don't spend the entire time in prayer down this way, but every day I worship God because he deserves worship, and the word worship means to fall down, and and in, in the Bible, it means to fall down. So I put my face to the ground, and I say, Lord Jesus, I am, you're the master, and I'm the servant. Uh, I do this every day. We need to. We need to worship him because he deserves worship. This is a, why does he want us to bow down before him? Here's why. Because it says, the, the very, your very body says, uh, uh, I am in, in servitude to you. I am in submission to you. Whatever you want, I am here to do. You're the master and I'm the servant. So daily, if you're physically able to, you should bow before the Lord. If you can't physically take your body and bow before the Lord, you should bow your head before him. It's worshiping him. Second thing every day is I, while, while I'm down here, I, I thank him, Lord Jesus. I thank you for what you've done. And here's why. The Bible says enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So every day I, I thank him. Thank you, Father, that I'm on carpet and not on dirt. Thank you, Father, for, for a wife that loves me. And you can just go on. You can thank him for as much as you want to, but thank him. Every day we ought to praise him. What's the difference between thanks and praise? Thanks is, thank you for for giving me something. Praise is, you're wonderful. If I'm praising you, I'm telling you how great you are and how wonderful you are and how nice you look and whatever. That's praise. So I thank him and I praise him. I tell him how wonderful he is. He wants me to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Beyond that, every day we ought to confess our sin to him. You say, I can't think of anything to confess. Ask your wife. Uh, And you get a list. And you just confess your sin to him. And then every day, while I'm down on my knees, every day I tell him I love him. I say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Heavenly Father, I love you. Heavenly Father, uh, Holy Spirit, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. He never gets tired of hearing you say I love you. He never gets tired of it. I know I never get tired of it. My wife can say I love you. She can say I love you in several different ways. She can look at me and say, I love you, David, just just to say I love you. Then she can say, she can, say, uh, she can say, I love you, but it's hard. I, I, I know I've done something wrong. And then she can say, I love you. And I think, yes, uh, I, I love you too. And so the, the, uh, we, we, we need to say to him, I love you. He wants to hear, I love you. You say, how do you know that? Remember when Peter denied him three times? Remember that? He denied him three times. 
Jesus, the next time he saw him, didn't say, why did you do that? He didn't. He just said, Peter, do you love me? <laughs> when some, somebody treats me bad, I don't care. I don't want to ever see them again. Jesus just said, Peter, to the loser, the guy that denied him, he said, Peter, do you love me? I want to hear I love you. Isn't that amazing? That, that God, I am amazed that a God would want a loser like Dave Tice to say I love you to him every day. I don't know why he wants me to say I love you, but I'm going to say I love you. And so tell him you love him every day. So I think those are things that we ought to do every single day, and then we ought to ask him to fill us with his spirit. But after, after that, then this is, these are things that I, I want you to know. I'm not just telling you some theory. This is what I do every day. I, I pray this way every day. I, um, I, uh, so have a, have a pattern. You have to have a pattern of prayer. You have to say, okay, wh when, when am I going to have this time that I pray every day? And again, you, you, you should be praying all the time, but there should be a time set aside. It might not be the morning. It might be noon. It might be in the evening, but there should be a time that you set aside when you are alone. He, said, he says, go into your closet alone and pray. Why is that important? And by the way, you should, when you pray, you should pray out loud. You say, why pray out loud? Well, you pray out loud because it's not just to keep you awake, but you pray out loud because demons can't hear your silent prayer. Angels can't hear a silent prayer. In Luke, he says, when you pray, say. The word say means to speak out loud. In the Psalms, David said over and over, my voice shall thou hear, my voice shall thou hear. Why is that important? Because here's the deal. When you go into your closet and you shut the closet door. You're recognizing there's nobody there but you and God, but you're entering into spiritual warfare and angels are there. There's at least two angels that are watching over you and there are demons that are there. And when you bow before him and you start talking out loud to him in the spiritual realm and you're, you're thanking him and you're praising him and then you start asking God for something, it is a statement in the spiritual realm that you believe God is there and the demons are hearing it and the angels are hearing it and the angels are praising God and the demons are cr cringing because there's power in prayer. So have a pattern where you go alone in your closet, you shut the door and you pray. Then he says this, don't use vain repetitions. That is, don't say the same thing over and over and over and thinking that just because you're saying mumbling words or mumbling or, the heathen, he said, do that. They, they speak, they, they rattle off stuff, they don't even know what they're saying. He said, don't be like them. Don't just go through vain repetitions. Now, it's not vain repetition to pray for the same thing over and over again. Every day, I pray for my grandchildren. I pray for my children. I pray that, that God will use them. I pray that God will save them. I pray that God will, um, that they'll live for God all their lives. I pray that all the time. I pray for my grandchildren now that God will give them godly spouses. I pray that for Ashlyn, my oldest granddaughter. I pray that to Daisy. For, I, pray for, I pray that uh, today for little Daisy. She's like 18 months old. I prayed for her that God would give her a godly spouse. And you say, why would you pray for her to get a godly spouse? She's only 18 months old. I understand you praying for Ashlyn. She's 20 years old. Uh, and uh, why pray for Daisy? Because you don't want to wait till she's like uh, 18 and she brings home some weirdo and then you have to pray God will kill the kid. You don't need that. So you pray, you pray early. And so, so God, God's not saying you shouldn't repeat or you shouldn't pray the same thing. Pray the same thing, but mean what you're praying. The idea is not vain repetitions. And then he says, and then God wants to hear your prayer requests. I love the fact that he says, God knows your needs before you ask, but he wants you to ask. He doesn't, you don't have to, you don't, ha you don't have to uh, just keep talking and talking. Just tell him your needs. Tell him what your personal needs are. Tell him what your family needs are. Tell him what your church needs are. Tell him what your friends' needs are. Tell him what your country's needs are. We, we tell you to put on the back of these uh, prayer cards, if, or these uh, connection cards, if you have a prayer request. And our, our staff prays for every one of those on Thursday. They, they, they pray for those because God wants us to pray for our friends. God wants us to pray for one another. God wants, God wants you to pray for those requests that you have. And as we pray for our nation, as we pray for our friends, God hears and answers prayer. 
God wants you to hear your request. And then he, t- he tells us not only that, he tells us who to pray for, to. This is really important. He says, pray our Father. Pray our Father. And I love the fact that he says, pray our Father which is in heaven. First thing you need to note about this is that God lets us know he's in heaven. He's in heaven. That means he oversees everything, but it also means he's in heaven. If God's work is going to be done on this earth, it's not going to be done by the Father. It's going to be done through you and me. It's, it's, when we get to prayer list, this is so important. God wants us to understand our Father is in heaven, and he wants us to pray to our Father in heaven, recognizing he's in heaven. But listen to this. More than that, he wants us, there's two things so important to note about this. He wants us to note that this is a single person. This is you praying, but he's not, you're not just praying for you. You're praying a plural prayer. You're praying for every Christian brother and sister. You know when you got saved, you were born again into the family of God? And every Christian that's ever been saved is your brother and sister. And when you're going to him, you're not going, my father, you're saying, our father. Father, I recognize that I'm part of a great big family. See, they're, they're your family. They're your brothers and sisters. Well, you know, some Christ, there's some Christians that I don't like to. That's okay. There's some Christians that are different than you. Every family has strange ducks. Can you say amen to that? You may be the strange duck. I'm not sure. They, they look at us and think we're strange. Look, here's the deal. He's, we're coming to him as our father. I love this. I love the fact that it is Jesus that is saying, pray, our Father. One day I was out in my um, garage, and I was praying in my garage. I was right next to my, uh, uh, to my treadmill. I have a treadmill that I use every single day, every single, just religiously. I, I pile books on it. I pile clothes on it. I use it all the time. Well, right next to the, <laughs> right, right next to the treadmill, I had a carpet, and I was praying. I was uh, on that, uh, at the carpet, and I was praying. I was leaning. I was uh, on my face, and I was praying, and I, would just, I said, our Father, and then I said, Father, I don't understand how it is that you're our Father, and yet Jesus said, and he's the son, and yet he said, if, if we're praying that if, if we see him, we've seen you, and so he's the father. I don't understand the Trinity, Father. I just, I, I believe it because it's there in the Bible, but I, I don't understand. I'm just having a conversation with God. And then this thought came into my mind. The thought came into my mind, uh, who said pray our father? I thought, well, Jesus said pray our father. And then the thought came back in my mind, who? I said, Jesus, Jesus prayed, said, pray, our Father. And then the thought came into my mind again, who? I thought, well, Jesus, you said, pray, our Father. And then it hit me. Jesus said, pray to our Father. When I go to our Father, my brother, the Lord Jesus, goes with me to our Father. Wow. I didn't even care if I didn't understand the Trinity. I, I, I get to go every day to our Father, Jose, and he goes with me. We need to remember who we're praying to. It's you and Jesus going to our Father. And, and that's powerful. That's so powerful. So pray to our Father who art in heaven. And remember, he's in heaven. You're on earth. If the work's going to get done here, it's going to be done through us. And then he says, and then he tells us to pray through his prayer list. And he gives us this list of things to pray. He says, let your holy name be manifest in us. He's, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What's he praying? What's he saying? He's saying, let your kingdom come through us. We are your disciples. Let your kingdom come through us. Listen, when Jesus was about to take off, when he was about to go back to heaven, he had died, he was buried, he'd risen from the dead, was seen by hundreds of eyewitnesses. He's now leaving. The disciples are going to watch him take off and go up into heaven. As he's about to take off, they ask, they come to him, and this is what they say. When, when they therefore were come together, and they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again 
the kingdom to Israel. Are you about to establish your kingdom? Is your kingdom going to come through you right now in this earth? And his response is, listen to his response. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times of the season which the Father hath put in his own power. It's not up to you to try and figure out when I am coming back. That's not the deal right now. That's not what I want you to be concerned about right now. But you, see, Steve, he's talking to you. And James, he's talking to you. And he's talking to me. And he's saying, look, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you'll be the witnesses. I'm going to heaven. I'll come back. There will be a kingdom on this earth. There will be a thousand-year millennial reign. That's going to take place, but not now. Right now, it's you. You're the representatives of the kingdom now. You are the kingdom, and you're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you're going to be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the outermost parts of the earth. You're going to conquer the earth. You're going to go out, and you're going to do that right now. That's where God wants us to focus. We're the kingdom representatives, and we're to pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in this earth through us, just like your will is done in, earth, in heaven today. We want to do your will, not ours. And we pray, Jesus said, pray, let, let your holy name be manifest through us, your children. Let your kingdom come through us. Let your will be done through us. By the way, Jesus said, if you ask anything according to my will, it'll be done. Jesus is telling us exactly what to pray. Wow, if we would just get serious about praying this, what Jesus told us to pray every day, we, we could see the power of God move. And then he said pray, the next thing he says is pray, give us this day our daily bread. Give us everything we need day by day to do your will. Give me, every, give me the spiritual energy, give me the physical energy, give me uh, the material things that I need. See, it's, it's perfectly legitimate when... Uh, if, if God calls you to go plant a church or if God calls you to raise a family... And, and if, if God wants you to raise a family, then it's perfectly legitimate for you to say, God, give me finances so that I can take care of my family, so I can feed my family. Give me a car so I can go to work. It's le perfectly legitimate for you to ask God to give you anything you need to do what his will is for you so that you can manifest his kingdom on this earth. We don't, if, if God doesn't give us what we need, then we're not very good representatives. We're not very good salt and light if, if, if he doesn't give us what we need to do what he's called us to do. You understand that? So he's called me to be a father. He's called me to be a husband. He's called me to be a, a pastor. He's called me to be a neighbor. He's called me to be a, a friend. So if my yard looks like trash because I, can, I don't have a lawnmower, uh, well, I have rocks, so I don't need to, that's a bad illustration. Anyway, so if, if, but my, if, my, if my yard looks like trash because I don't have the money to fix it up, I can say, God, I want to be a representative of you. Give me the money to fix my yard so that I can represent you. You understand? God wants us to do his will. Uh, from time to time and during the summer, a summer missionary will walk into my office and they'll say, Pastor, can I have your American Express card? And you know what I do? Give a college student my American Express card. I reach in my pocket and I give him my American Express card. And he says, thank you. And he walks out the door. He said, well, why did you do that? Because he came in for the, to ask me for the American Express card. Now listen, so we could go out and fill up vans with gas and it's my will that those vans be filled up with gas so that they can be used to pick up people for Sunday for church. It's my will. He's coming and asking me for something so that he can do my will, and I'm giving him everything he needs to do my will. That's what prayer is all about. It's you coming to God saying, give me this day everything that I need to do your will. And then he says pray this way. So important. He says pray, forgive us our sins as we also forgive those that sin against us. God doesn't hear the prayers of those who are not forgiving towards others. In fact, he'll say that in just a minute. Forgive. You must forgive. And let me tell you this. Forgiveness is not a feeling. 
It's not something you feel. Somebody treated me bad. You just out loud. This is what I want you to do. If you've, if you've never done this, you go home, you think about the people that, that you've been mad at or bitter at, and you say, Father, out loud, alone in a closet, say, Father, I forgive them. They hurt me deeply, but I forgive them. There are fathers who need to forgive their children. There are children who need to forgive their fathers. There's, there's husbands that need to forgive their wives and wives that need to forgive their husbands. There are exes that need to forgive their exes. There's, there's uh, people that have been abused as children. You need to forgive them. And you say, I don't feel good about it. That's okay. Go home and say, God, because you commanded me to forgive, I am forgiving them. And I'm telling you, a burden will be lifted off you. Jesus said, pray, forgive us our sins as we also forgive those that sin against us. When you got saved, all of your sins were wiped away. Judicially, you are clean, and, and Satan can never accuse you of anything. But physically, you know that practically you do things wrong. And the Bible says, in our bodies, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and he scourges every son whom he receives. So God wants us to pray, God, you know I blew it here. I said something I shouldn't have said. I did something I shouldn't have done. And you confess that. And, and he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin. And that's on a practical basis. So do that. Pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. And let God know you forgive everyone that's ever done anything to hurt you. Then he said, pray this. I love this. He said, pray, lead us not into trials. Man, I love that. I pray that every day. Lead us not into trials. He says temptation, but the word temptation there means trials because God doesn't tempt us with sin. He's saying lead us not into trials. The idea is God, have, give us wisdom enough to make the right decisions so that we don't go through the wrong door and, and, and enter into trials. It's like this, there's a door here and a door here and a door here and a door here and, and you have choices. God, give us wisdom to open the right door. Lead us not into trials. I love that. I love that. I love it. I have Christian musicians, friends who sing songs like this. They sing this. And you've heard songs like this. Uh, Lord, you know, if trials coming my way and pain coming my way will draw me closer to you, then God, let me experience the pain. Let me experience the trials. How many of you have heard songs like that? Okay, some of you, oh, some of, none of you, okay. So, uh, some of you have, okay. I have, I've heard songs like that all my Christian life. I never sing those songs. I, if you want to sing them, that's fine. I have Jesus saying, I can pray, lead me not into trials. You say, why wouldn't you sing those songs? Because I don't want trials. I don't want pain. I don't like hurt. I don't want any of that. And so when I pray, lead me not into trials, I'm saying, Lord, I don't want any of that stuff. Don't pray for me to, 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 to experience all the trials. I don't want that. Jesus said, I can pray, lead me not into trials. I, was, I, was, uh, I got up one morning with, uh, with, to come to church to preach, and I fell over. I had pain in my side. It was so bad I couldn't, I couldn't move. And, I, and I, I called up. I said, Matt, I'm not going to be able to preach this morning. I am sick. I, 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 can't even, I can't even stand up. I'm in such pain. And he, I said, after church, I want you and Pastor Shore to come over and anoint me with oil and pray for me and pray for my healing. And he said, well, Dad, we'll do that. And he said, I'm sorry, you're feeling bad. And so the church went by. And I'm laying there in bed, and I'm moaning and groaning. And, and after church, Matt comes over, and uh, they they. Uh, anoint me with oil. The Bible says if there's any sick among you, let them call on the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will lift him up. So they came over and they put a little oil on my forehead and uh, Matthew put his hands on, my, on me and said, oh Lord Jesus, we pray that you'll help dad endure the pain. I said, no! Don't pray that. He said, you can't interrupt my prayer. I said, no! I don't want you praying for me to endure pain. I don't want to endure pain. I want you to tell, ask God to take away the pain or kill me. But, uh, but, but don't, I don't want to endure pain. See, that's not right yet. Yeah, Jesus said, I can pray. Lead me not into trials. And I'm going to pray that. I pray that all the time. I pray, I, I, you, say, I, you say, have you ever had any trials? Yes, but I don't know how many I've, I've, I've averted based on the fact that I pray every day. Lead us not into trials. You ought to pray. Lead us not into trials. And then he said, pray, deliver us from satanic attack. He says, deliver us from evil. The word evil there is in the masculine in the Greek, and it means the evil one. He's talking about Satan. So you ought to pray, 
lead us not into, into uh, or, or deliver us from satanic attacks. Satan will attack you. Trials come naturally on this earth, but then there are other things that Satan just brings. He attacks us. The Bible says this, that, that we ought to be sober and vigilant because our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour you. He wants to eat you up. And so you should be praying every day, God, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from satanic attack. You can pray that, and it keeps him away. It keeps the demons away. You say, how do you know that? Because you're praying according to the will of God. You say, I I feel like I'm attacked by demons all the time. Then pray every day. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from satanic attack. And then he says, pray, let your kingdom and power and glory be seen through us. Lord, I pray that your kingdom, your power, your glory, in answer to these prayers, let your glory be known because that's what we're all about. Then he says to pray with a forgiving heart. Remember what he says. Look at it. He says, uh, but for if, we, if you forgive not men their trespasses, your heavenly, Father will not, will also, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So pray and, and say, Father, I forgive. I forgive. Make sure you have a forgiving heart when you pray. So, so that's Jesus teaching in a nutshell how to pray how to pray. This is something you do alone in your closet, alone with the Lord. You need to lean on God in prayer. You need to live to give. You need to lean on God in prayer. And lastly, you need to learn to fast. Now, this is very, very important. Uh, 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 He says, when you fast, let's read what it says. It says, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites, again, of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you that they have their reward. But when you fast, but when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear unto men, uh, not do, that appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Again, the, the Pharisees would fast, but they would walk around sad and say, oh, I'm so hungry, I'm, oh, I'm just so tired. everything is so bad, I'm so worn out, oh, I'm, what's wrong with you? I'm fasting. Uh, God doesn't want you to do that. Here's the first thing he says, is be happy when you're fasting. Be happy when you're fasting. Devour the Word of God. I love that, that, that illustration there. You're the Bible instead of food. Uh, be, be happy that you have God's Word. And, and be happy. Don't let people know that you're, that you're fasting. Here's, here's another thing he says. He says, take a shower. That's a good idea. And brush your teeth. That's a good idea. No matter what you're doing, make sure that you're looking, you're smelling good, and you're not looking bad and saying, why do you stink? Because I'm fasting. Uh, don't do that. Don't, don't do it. Uh, uh, don't do that. Fast to, alone with your father. Be out with everybody. Do whatever you're doing. And, and uh, don't disfigure your face like you're suffering uh, for Jesus when you're fasting. Now, I want to give you some basic warning. Some of you have never heard of fasting or you've, you've thought about fasting, but you don't know how to do it. Let me tell you this. I tell people this all the time. If you're going to learn to fast, learn to fast slow. Learn to fast slow. You say, what do you mean by that? I mean, don't do what I did. When I first decided I was going to fast, I needed something, I decided I was going to fast. So and nobody told me how to fast. So what I did was I decided I wasn't going to eat. I needed God to answer a prayer. So, I was, so for three days, I didn't eat anything or drink anything for three days. And then uh, when, I, when the days were up, I thought, okay, uh, God's got to answer the prayer one way or the other. So I decided to break the fast and I had three bowls of chili. This is not good. This is not good. And then I was a poor college kid. I was, I was in college. I was a poor college kid. And a friend of mine who was a rich college kid said, hey, Dave, I'd like to take you out for steak. I had three bowls of chili and I had a steak and a baked potato. I was sick for a month. I was sick. I laugh about it now. <laughs> How stupid. Uh, but but uh, by the way, God honored my stupidity but, uh, and, and, and I saw God do some great things. But... That's not how you fast. If, you, if you're going to fast, start slow. Uh, for instance, if you've never fasted before, fast 
a, a, a lunch. Or fast a, a, a fast, for, say, today I'm not going to eat breakfast. One meal a day. Just, I'm not going to eat breakfast. And you fast that. Then, then go into, uh, build up into fasting a breakfast and a lunch. You say, wow, that's great. And then once, you get, once you've done that, then you have a nice dinner. Then get to a point where you're fasting three meals a day. And you fast. You, say, you do like the Jewish people did. They, start, they, they started their fast at 6 o'clock at night. And then they went till 6 o'clock the next night. And so th that's a 24-hour fast. And that's the way you begin. Don't start fasting three days in a row and end it with chili. It's not a good thing. And by the way, drink plenty of water. When you fast, drink plenty of water. And then if you're going to fast more, add one day at a time. By the way, there's different types of fasts. There is a pure fast. Jesus was out in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. Moses fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, <clears throat> uh, you take a long time to build up to that. And you better have God telling you to do that. But you may be on, on, on a prolonged fast. On a prolonged fast, uh, anytime you fast, you should drink water. Uh, but there's, and, and that's a pure fast, just drinking nothing but water. There's also juice fast. When I fast, I juice fast. I, 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 anything that's liquid, I, I, I can partake of. So just a liquid fast is, is perfectly legitimate. You're taking away all solid food. Uh, Again, for a prolonged fast, let me say this. I I'm, I'm just want to give you some very practical things. For a prolonged fast, make sure that you take something daily that will keep your digestive system functioning. You can get colon cleansers and you can get, uh, you can get uh, natural drinks that, that will help your colon continue to function because you don't want to shut down your digestive system because you began to fast. So uh, fasting just on a very practical basis. But now I want you to see this. I want you to see that G with, with all of those warnings and, and those uh, cautions, I want you to understand God wants us to fast. And Jesus said, Jesus didn't say if you fast. He didn't say if you prayed. He didn't say, he didn't say uh, if uh, if you give, he, Jesus said, uh, when, when you give, he says, when you pray and when you fast. These are disciplines that if they're in our lives, we, in our lives, they help us to represent Christ because our whole purpose in life is to represent him. We are to be salt. We are the salt. We are the light. That's why we're to avoid all those things Jesus told us to avoid last week, and we're to add these things to our life because when we do those things, we represent him. And what are those things again? He says, listen, live to give, lean on God in prayer, and learn to fast. Father, help us to take these things. Help us to apply these things. Help us not to just be hearers, but doers. I pray that... that you will take these truths and implant them in our hearts. We hope that message was an encouragement to your heart. Now for weekly updates and for information about Liberty Baptist Church, be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC of Las Vegas. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless.